Welcome everybody to your favorite paranormal podcast, The Paranormal Umbrella. It is I, your host, Sooth, along with Justina. Hi. And a wonderful voice actor, Dylan Perkins. Hello. <laughs> I know that theme song is great. Speaking of our theme song, everybody, you can actually download it as a ringtone for free on Zedge. So just letting you know it's there if you want to use it for a ringtone. So, so you know. now y'all can be too busy jamming to pick up the phone. That's right. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Welcome to the continuation of Dear Cryptid Hunters. Stay the out of my woods. Stay out of my woods, boy. <laughs> We're going to be <laughs> reading part seven and eight for you tonight. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be fantastic. I'm just letting you know right now, there's going to be some steamy bits. All right. Some... Yeah, some brown chicken, brown cow. And no, it's not going into detail, but there's going to be some flirting and stuff. Hey. You know, there's going to be some flirting. would be going, oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Back and forth. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And it's we all know it doesn't turn out great. But, you know, it's going to be fun. A little awkward, but fun. So... Young love. <laughs> oh, oh. The awkward teenage young love phases. It's pain. Actually, it's a lot of pain. It's very painful to watch. It's kind of cringy, but it's going to be great. It's going to be great for everybody involved. It is cringy and in a good way, sort of. That's later. <laughs> <laughs> it is later. It's later. So here we go. Everybody ready? You guys good? You get your water? Ready to go? Take a little swig. Oil the pipes. I mean a droplet because I don't have any more water. (laughs) I told you to go get your water before we started and you didn't listen. I forgot, but then Jesse called me and then he did the the whole ramen and the takoyaki and stuff. Speaking of, I just ordered something on Amazon. Oh, mommy did. I did. I did. I'm going to give you a little day in the life of Sooth here for a second. Um, Yeah, I ordered, and it's going to be so good. I can't wait. Um, It is four, okay, because I love, you know know your girl loves Asian food. Okay. And I love, I love the good stuff. Is it kimchi? uh, No, it's not kimchi this time. I have to go to my local Korean market. Support your local Korean markets, everyone support your your local asian markets anyway um i ordered some taboki what wait what yeah i ordered some taboki um it's rice cakes but they're like noodles i'll I'll send you the link girl because it's amazing i just looked it up yes girl i've seen this yes it is a creamy korean street food and i got my hands on an assorted four pack of them on Amazon for hold on, hold on, hold on. Twenty bucks. Madam Look, I know it's a little high, but No, that's not bad. It's Look. it's not. It's not bad. So and I got four different kinds. Sooth, Sooth, I need I need you to do me a favor, honey. 
Do you need the link? Get them when you get them. Can Ooh, you get on call with me and try it so I can so you can tell me what it's like? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, yes! I'm letting you know right now. The first one I'm going to go for is the cheesy taboki. Because oh. I love that so much. I love spicy, like, ramen. I did the spicy ramen challenge back when it came out in, like, stage 10 with my children. And me and Connor were the only ones who made it. We're the only ones who made it through. And let me tell you, it is no walk in the park. <laughs> I could feel the lining. No. No, no. No, I, it was the hot one. It was like, I don't even know what stage it was. I think it was like four or five, okay? I could feel the lining of my stomach and my throat had gone numb. I, props, props to the Koreans and their spice level because they eat that like it's nothing. I, on the other hand, down south, thinking I knew I knew what spicy was. Mm-mm, there's a whole nother level of spice, but it's so good. The flavor of the taste. Oh, you have to. The flavor of the taste, y'all. It is so good. <laughs> it's delicious. It hurts. There's a guy on YouTube uh, before we feast. He does interviews with celebrities and stuff, but they're eating hot wings. In the oh, I love that. It's progressively hotter and hotter as they go down the line, and it's just hilarious. They've had all sorts of people. Uh, yeah. Fluffy, I, uh, you know, Gabriel Glacius and all that was on there. It was hilarious. They just did Yeah, it. I love watching show, that. Their last episode. It was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love watching that because some of the celebrities are just like they're eating it and they're fine. They get to wing ten and they're sweating a little bit, but they're okay. And then some of them just straight up cuss them out. Ooh. Oh yeah, like it's <laughs> hilarious I'm, I'm to do, watch. I'm doing the what I'm supposed to do. I'm having my interview face, and then God, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's too hot. It's too hot. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. We digress. I'm sorry. I went on a whole tangent because I love Asian food <laughs> and I love ramen. I gotta find their hot yes. sauces and buy them. And yeah, them. Amazon. Them myself. Amazon is your friend. <laughs> it is your friend. Okay, here we go. Stop yeah. it. Stop. We gotta stop talking about food. We gotta stop. That's yeah, enough. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm it's... Now. Mm-hmm. Me too. My mouth is over here watering. That stuff hurt. It hurt real bad. It hurt. I never thought in my life that I'd be able to feel the lining of my own stomach before, because you know <laughs> your brain, your brain like purposely like drowns that out, right? Right. Oh, it was like it came to life. <laughs> it, it got it's booted like, up. The insides are melting, but I like. It. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, oh man, it hurt, but it was good too. So it was one of those where you knew it hurt. You're sweating. You can't feel your tongue, but you can feel all your other organs inside your meat bag of a body. And you're like, and don't don't try to drink like. Milk. <laughs> Don't drink milk. Drink orange juice. Orange juice is what like cut the heat for us. But it was uh you, you chug some water, nice ice water. Yeah. Obviously. Nope. Water made it worse. Water what? made it worse. It absolutely I, I, made it I worse. Was giving the wrong advice on purpose. <laughs> we did no. we did a gallon and a half of orange juice between the four of us just to we were crying. Tears, real tears of pain. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna tap out on that hotness. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was bad. It was bad. So now we only do level three, and I do the cheesy the one or the Alfredo ones. So good. Give the pain. What'd you say? It's the pain one. You masochist. <laughs> 
Your hubby bear in the chat said I laughed the whole time. He did. He did. He laughed the entire time. Oh. He even recorded it. Oh. Yeah, he sure did. He laughed the entire time. He refused to try any. He wouldn't try any at all. Okay, he's smart. No, all right, cool. None at all. <laughs> so it was uh it was pretty entertaining. Me, I couldn't believe that Connor and I were the ones who made it through. Because we did. We made it through. But but uh, my other two, they tapped out. They had like two bites and they were done. They were done. They couldn't make it. Poor babies. It was bad. Not to go anywhere that has hot foods with y'all. Because I'm going to be tempted to do it. And then my medical condition will be like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't do it. Just, do you know, it. mild or below. Okay? Mild or below. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Stop. We can't. Do, okay. We can't do okay. this anymore. We gotta go on. Okay. We gotta do this. Okay. We gotta get on with the spoops. All right. Here we go. A warning to the wannabe cryptid hunters: Some asshole is trying to blackmail me. Most of my younger employees are sort of afraid of me, which isn't something I ever wanted to foster. It's just because of the wedding dress. They probably think I'm either secretly a ghost or a little nuts. I find that regrettable. Because I'm a really nice person and I deserve to have friends for fuck's sake. I like being alone. I do. But if the only people talking to you on a regular basis are a flesh-eating tree monster and a naked old man living in your sauna, you're bound to start overthinking your life choices. At least with my little brother by my side, I know I'm not all alone in this. We've had a pretty eventful day here, actually. We spent the early hours traipsing around in the snow outside, looking for more cameras, and we found two. They were well hidden, and I would have probably never noticed them if we hadn't been searching for them specifically. They were mainly located in the deeper parts of the forest, but leaning towards the western edge, so we figured they had to have been put up by a guard assigned to that area. We have three people on staff for that route, and they're always rotating shifts. We called in a worker who was currently off the clock and didn't mind a few extra bucks to cover their section while we had them gathered in the main building for a little talk. The guards in question, Ira, Tom, and Clara, were sitting on my living room couch, all looking a bit worried. I tried to focus on their aura, but nothing seemed to be amiss at first glance. Kaz was standing in the corner with his back against the wall, arms crossed in front of his chest. I gave him a nod, and he stepped forward, picking up the plastic bag on the floor beside him and proceeding to empty it on the ottoman. Three trail cameras came clattering out. We had already removed their SD cards. I could only hope that this time, the unease I evoked in some of my workers would motivate one of them to come clean. As you know... We've been having a bit of a security issue as of late. Seems like somebody has been trying to benefit from the woods financially with surprisingly little regard for human life. I am paying you guys to keep this place safe and hidden, and one of you has been doing the exact opposite. Clasping my hands, I made an effort to look like an authoritarian boss. You're gonna have to tell me who. Silence. None of the three seemed to be willing to look me in the eye, let alone answer my question. 
You people disgust me. Oh, dear God. You don't know what you're doing. People have died because of you, and yet here you are, pretending like nothing's wrong. What the hell was he doing? I tried motioning for him to shut up, but he didn't react. So what's it going to be? Either you speak up, we talk this out, and maybe my sister will have some mercy on you. Or you can keep quiet, and all three of you will face the consequences. Fuck's sake. He was making it sound like a death threat. People are dead. Lives have been lost because of you. You skunk. You hear me? You skunk. I took a quick step forward, covering my brother's mouth and pulling him aside. The three guards turned to look after us in confusion as I dragged him into the adjacent room. What are you doing? Two of those guys likely don't even know what we're talking about. I was hoping they'd keep working here after this whole thing is over. And I'm not keen on a lawsuit. I just just wanted to help, you know, a little, little bit of bad cop. Less of that, please. I returned to the living room by myself. Safe to say my three suspects didn't feel all too cooperative after this. And I basically just stood, apologized, and told them to go back to whatever they had been doing. Now, we were going to try and see if we could get answers from the camera somehow. But after I found that note on my dresser this afternoon, I'm not sure I should proceed with my investigation anymore. It was there when I got up from my impromptu nap. If you don't leave this be, I'm going to kill the white rabbit. The dread I felt upon reading those words was near paralyzing. For a moment, all I could do was stand there, mouth agape, clutching the piece of paper with trembling fingers. Um, Cass? Cass! My throat had gone bone dry, but I managed to grit out my brother's name. He was there in a heartbeat and only had to take one look at the note to tell what was wrong. He instantly pulled me into a hug, pressing my cheek against his chest. No one's going to kill the rabbit. We'll fix this. We'll, we'll figure out who's been playing us and we'll, we'll get it back. And think, think of it this way. It's a great opportunity. You haven't been this close to finding the rabbit in ages. Mm, he had a point. Part of me had already given up on it altogether. Now you're probably kind of confused. Nobody except myself and those close to me could ever possibly understand why this message terrified me, so bear with me. I'll try to explain. First, a couple things about the human soul. The soul is, contrary to popular belief, separated from our consciousness. At night, when we sleep, it sometimes leaves our body to roam free and wander around, most often in the shape of an animal or maybe an insect. The animal your soul presents doesn't have anything to do with you as a person. It more so symbolizes a hidden or suppressed desire you might have buried somewhere in the back of your mind. Normally, the soul returns before you wake up. Trouble arises when it doesn't. Your soul doesn't define you. You can live without it, but it is a part of you. When it's gone, you can tell. It leaves a hole somewhere inside you. And let me assure you that you're going to miss it like a phantom limb. It's not like you're unfeeling and emotionless without it. 
but it will all seem a lot duller and tamer than before. You'll often find yourself feeling weirdly disconnected from your surroundings, your own body even, for the soul often acts as a bridge between your consciousness and your physical form. You'll still be able to feel grief and happiness, but it will never be the same as it was when your soul was still inside you. It will all feel indescribably surreal and just off. Something's always going to be missing, even outwardly. Your eyes will look rather lifeless to others. Now, there can be a lot of reasons your soul isn't coming back to you. Maybe it got lost on one of its journeys. Maybe it's just tired of your shit. Or maybe something happened to it. When I was 16, going on 17, we acquired an unwanted house guest. Mom could tell it was a haunting from the very first time we heard the thumping down in the basement at night. She was sitting on my bed with me. We had been immersed in a game of cards just a moment ago. Did you hear that? Uh, yeah. The doors are locked, right? You think someone's broken in? No way. No, not broken in. We listened closely, only to hear a dull clatter that sounded like items being knocked off a shelf. The noise was followed by a rhythmic banging, like somebody was bashing the end of a broomstick against the basement ceiling. Dad dropped in shortly after, asking if we had any idea what the ruckus was. My mother merely grinned. Why, I guess it's just some kind of ghost, no? <sighs> Your turn, baby. Anna, I'm not taking this shit. I want to sleep. Go downstairs and deal with it. Uh, no. What? Well, first off, don't speak to me like that in front of my daughter. If this bothers you so much, take care of it yourself, you coward. Dad made a face like a fish gasping for air. Without saying another word, he turned on his heel. We heard him slam the door to the master bedroom seconds later. Well, now he's pissed. Oh, well. Where were we? Mom. Hmm? Are you for real? There's a ghost downstairs. I'm scared now. Honey, there's no need for that. Like you said, it's downstairs, not here. Well, what if it comes upstairs? Well, then we'll worry about that when it happens. I lay wide awake that night. You'd think with everything I'd already seen up to that point, I would have lost some of my apprehensions. But I find that when it comes to dealing with the supernatural, it's only healthy to stay cautious. I still get the shivers even now when something goes bump in the night, and I wouldn't have it any other way. The noises in the basement didn't cease, and each one made me twitch and shudder. Somehow, this was much worse than the door-slamming Yule Lad. It felt distinctly more disconcerting. The following day at the breakfast table, I was so puffed up and sleep-deprived that I couldn't swallow a single bite. I begged and pleaded with my mother to somehow take care of the problem. 
but all she had to offer were pointless words of reassurance. That's the thing about poltergeist, honey. If you take them, if you take them seriously, you're giving them what they want. Just don't let it get to you, okay? The following night was even worse, though. The noises had moved up onto the ground floor, and whatever was causing them had absolutely wrecked our kitchen and living room. The trash can had been knocked over, books were lying on the floor beneath their shelves, plates and glasses had been shattered, and on top of that, my younger siblings were now just as terrified as I. So Dad became a lot more insistent about it. Mom finally agreed to check out the goings-on, asking me if I wanted to stay up with her and wait for the ghost. I wouldn't be able to sleep anyways, so I figured I might as well. We prepared cleansing salt and sage, which we would utilize to purify the room once the spirit would appear. My mother insisted that she would be the one who deployed these defenses, as I was too inexperienced. She squeezed herself into one of the kitchen cupboards, short and slim as she was, she actually fit in entirely. I hid under the sofa, legs stretched out and belly pressed to the ground. We waited for what felt like an eternity, a giddy kind of excitement keeping us both awake. I was still just as afraid, but something about secretly expecting the haunting to happen was really thrilling. It did happen, and none too late. Around midnight was when the first pots and pans started clanging together. My heart rate quickened instantly, and I dug my teeth in my lower lip. The air in the room suddenly seemed to jitter as ragged breaths and an eerie wheezing sound rang out from the kitchen. My entire body tensed in fearful anticipation. I was filled with a nervous energy that made me feel like I was about to explode. Floorboards creaked as footsteps started moving towards the living room area. I had expected mom to use her cleansing salt at this point, so I was a bit confused as to why she was letting the ghost proceed. I admittedly couldn't see very much from my hiding place, but I could tell it definitely wasn't my mother coming out of her spot. The steps sounded weird and wrong. Peeking out into the darkness, I could make out a pair of unnaturally thin legs moving about in the room. They were extremely unsettling to look at, all gnarled and bony. Perhaps we'd been wrong about this entity. Granted, I'd never seen a poltergeist before, but this was a much more physical form than I'd imagined one to possess. The legs started dragging closer, and that's when I realized that they ended in big, pointy chicken claws instead of feet. This was definitely not a ghost. Cold sweat broke out on my forehead as my mind started racing with thoughts about what could have possibly found its way into our home. Mom had most likely already realized we'd made a mistake, and that was why she was staying in hiding. The creature started stomping around so heavily that the porcelain on the shelves started jangling. The thing began to jump all across the floor kicking down chairs and eventually flipping our table. The bangs and crashes were loud enough to make me wince each time, and its hopping made the floor shudder beneath me. I was too afraid to keep watching, opting to press my eyes shut and block out the noise instead. I really shouldn't have done that. 
for I didn't realize in time that the creature had moved behind my sofa. Before I knew it, I felt long fingers gripping my ankles. I let out a sharp cry of fear as I was dragged across the floor, out from under the sofa, and flung into the air. I landed painfully on my back, whimpering as I struggled to push myself back up, only to find myself facing a grotesque-looking entity. It was hunched back, haggard old woman with a large chicken beak smack in the middle of her ghastly face. I cried out, but she was upon me within a blink of an eye, grabbing me by the collar and forcefully pulling me to my feet. Suddenly, I heard a sharp cry, a scream of fury. My mother had come tumbling out of the cupboard and was now charging at the creature from the side, trying to pry her away from me. Get your filthy hands off of my daughter, you old crone, she yelled, reaching right up to the monster's eyes as if to gouge them out. The creature let go of me and staggered backwards. My mother rushed right to my side, wrapping both arms around me as she glared daggers at this bizarre-looking thing. For a few seconds, all was silent. Get out of my house, Kiki Demora. The old woman let out something akin to a giggle. A high-pitched, uncanny sound that sent chills down my spine. Then, she disappeared. Simply vanishing into thin air. My mother's chest was heaving. This isn't over. It wasn't a threat. It was a statement. You mean she's not going away? Worse. Everyone, wake up. My mother ordered us to draw crosses on the other sides of our pillows, then sent us back to sleep while staying up to guard the upper floor. I came to relieve her from her duty an hour later, after I'd calmed down and taken a little power nap. So? There's no poltergeist. It's a kikimara. The domestic kind wants to drive people insane to chase them out of their house. And when she's in a really bad mood, she tries to eat their souls. Mom had already explained the whole soul thing to me, so uh, I knew to be frightened. The crosses on our pillows. Will they protect us? Uh, no, um, you don't have to worry. So as long as you're asleep in bed, you'll be fine. I took her seat and started waiting. There hadn't been any noises since our face-to-face encounter earlier. Maybe the Kikamura was hiding somewhere, watching me. The thought alone sent chills down my spine. As the minutes seeped by, I was getting increasingly tired. It wasn't easy fending off sleep. I tried to recall the image of the creepy old chicken woman, and just when I thought my mind was finally occupied enough to stay clear, I heard a sharp scream and my eyes flew open. Wait, had I been dozing this entire time? I didn't have much time to ponder that, though. My little sister, Julia, was standing in the hallway, a plastic cup lying in a pool of milk at her feet. She was pointing at the window across from us, her mouth agape. My parents came running to check on us, and immediately Julia started to babble. The poor thing was scared out of her mind. There there was a white rabbit, a ghost rabbit, and, and, and just, it was hopping around and bouncing and, and, and doing the things. And, and then this chicken woman came, and then she tried to catch it. And they were over there, and I was over here, but they didn't catch me. They didn't notice me. A uh, ghost rabbit. 
My mom had gone very pale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, 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 the rabbit jumped out the window just in time. Right, right through there, like it was open. My mother slowly began walking over to me. Honey, did you fall asleep? I didn't reply. I merely stared up at her with wide eyes. Oh, something's different. In the week that followed, we tried to chase away the Kikamora by hanging various charms around the house. She stopped bothering us eventually, but the ghost rabbit never returned. My mom kept telling me my soul would one day find its way back to me, but it's been so long since then. I actually started convincing myself that I'm all right. And most days, I'm actually unaware of the disconnect. But even so, something is missing. And I've always known it. Anyway, back to the present. Cass and I have had a long talk, and we've decided that if there's a chance I could have my soul back, we need to take it. We need help, though, from someone who not only knows their way around forests, but around souls and all that spiritual stuff. And to my great dismay, I know only one person who fits that scheme. Jace of the old black mill. It was really hard for me to switch from that little kid voice to back to my regular voice. <laughs> oh, go, going from different voices is, is a challenge. Trust me. It is. It is a Kudos to you. Kudos to the voice actors. Y'all, y'all, I don't know how y'all do it because I couldn't. Copious amounts of H2O. <laughs> Speaking of. <laughs> Wait, can we, before we do the next chapter, can you please do the, 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 the laugh again? Please. <laughs> that is that's kind of creepy. Dylan. I don't like it. It's it's a little creepy, Dylan. I mean, it's it's supposed to be, but still, <laughs> it's supposed to be. The first, when we was practicing this before we started, we do it again. What? Dude, how much worse could it be to be going down a dark alley and hear this voice? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I would take that one over the high-pitched giggling. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all kid- don't understand. When we was practicing this before we started, he did the he did the laugh. When I tell you, I started swinging in the air because my room is dark. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna get my Tina dark. Me and Sue was just finished playing Ghost Watches before we started practicing. Okay, Truth. so for the Truth. fact that I hear these this laughing in my ear, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, be gone, demon, be gone, be gone. I didn't know demon. who was in my room, but someone's getting smacked. <laughs> they got a good two piece real quick. <laughs> this house is clean. <laughs> oh no. Okay, 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 okay. Let's get on with this. We're gonna go on to part eight. We're gonna go on to part eight because people aren't here to listen to us crack jokes about ghost watchers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, they are, but not really. I mean, they are, but you know. <laughs> I mean, aren't they? They're just here to listen. <laughs> right. They're, they're just, get on with the story. Get on with the story and stop jabber John. All right. Okay, so okay. Uh, this is the one that's going to get just a tiny bit spicy. Bring it a little spicy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you've been warned. Here we go. Warnings to the wannabe cryptid hunters. Jace of the old black mill. All millers are proficient in the dark arts. Often, they're also in the direct employee of the devil. Now, that's a fact. And if anyone tells you differently, they're either talking out of their ass or they're a miller themselves. Some millers only study black magic to ward off the water spirits and protect their mill and river from harmful influences. Others have sworn themselves to the beast entirely. That's why millers are dangerous folk. You can never tell with them. I knew all that. I did. And it didn't stop me. Also, y'all should know, going into this, that I'm about to talk about some major horniness on my part. I was younger, don't judge. Or do. I don't really care. Anyway, Jace came to our house one autumn day not long after I turned 19. I remember sitting out on the balcony, drinking in the golden sunlight, weaving through the red leaves of the trees outside our house. Casimir was sitting behind me on my bed. He always used to come into my room to watch TV as mom wouldn't get him one of his own. I perked up when I saw a figure approaching from beyond the tree line. Someone's coming. Hmm? Who? Looks, uh, it looks like someone from the woods. I leaned over the railing of the balcony, squinting to make out more of the stranger. Two arms, two legs, one head, male. Seems normal enough, though. Eh, probably some new hire. Maybe. I leaned out just a little further, watching as the figure drew closer. Something told me he wasn't one of our employees. Just as the man started actually coming into view, he stopped in his tracks. My heart sank when he abruptly raised his head to meet my gaze. His stare was piercing, despite the distance between us. It sent a warm, pleasant chill up my spine. He stayed in place, gazing up at me. I tilted my head. He mirrored the movement. That's when my mother burst through the front door, grabbing the stranger by the arm and starting to drag him inside, wasting no time. I mean, no time. I rushed down the stairs on my tiptoes, coming to a halt right outside the living room door. I could hear mom talking excitedly on the other side. Oh, Chase, it's been so long. Look at you. I have to confess, I only learned how to spell that nickname much later. She pronounced it. Yeah, Tush? I I guess it's been a while. <clears throat> it's nice to see you again, Mrs. Novak. Likewise, sweetie. My, you've grown so much. So, is your husband around? Nope. No need to worry about that old grouch. Have a seat. Come on, come on. I glanced down at myself. Nope. No. I need new clothes immediately. Better clothes. I need better clothes. I raced up the stairs again, ignoring my little brother's bewildered stare as I proceeded to tear my room apart for something nicer to wear. 
I found a cute little blouse with one hell of a cleavage and hastily pulled it on. Back downstairs, I took a deep breath, (sighs) bracing myself as I nudged the door open. My mother was sitting at the dinner table. Across from her was the most stunning creature I had ever seen. He wasn't conventionally attractive. His dark hair was frizzy, tousled, and unkempt, his skin pale and kind of veiny. But that man had eyes like an inkwell. He was lean as a whippet, but had surprisingly broad shoulders and visibly muscled arms. He looked over to me, regarding me with a blank stare I couldn't quite interpret. Then he tilted his head, and I mirrored the movement. His mouth slowly began to curve into a smile. Oh, hi, honey. Okay, this is Chase. This is Fe- Jace, this is Fiona, my eldest. I've told you about her, right? When he rose to his feet, he stood at the exact same height as me. I briefly forgot how to walk and hopped over to shake his hand instead. He clasped it fast and with such eagerness that I nearly withdrew, but... The touch itself was gentle and cautious. Somewhere in the distance, my mother was explaining. Viana, this is Jace Hetman from the Black Gristmill. How come we haven't met before? Well, our families have actually been friends for generations. Jace's family and I grew, Jace's father and I actually basically grew up together. And I've known Jace since he was a little boy. They used to come they used to come over a lot, but when I married your dad, he kept on complaining about us getting together. I haven't seen Jace for over a decade now. Oh, your dad is just riddled Your dad is just riddled with fear. He didn't want any of the kids, any of you kids to associate with the Hetmans at all. Shame. So, anyway, it's about time you kids met, though. Jace lives all alone out there with his old man. It's about time he made friends with someone his age. Seriously, uh, don't call me if you just, um, I'm not a little boy anymore. I can see that, I assured him, smile widening as I took the opportunity to just very, very lightly stroke his thumb. <clears throat> good, good. Say, why isn't your father here with you? I miss that guy. Oh, he, he's dead. That's why I came here. I, I figured you should know. <gasps> Mom let out a sharp little cry. Tears began to spill from her eyes as she started sobbing uncontrollably. I was speechless. The way he delivered the news flatly and without even blinking had really thrown me off my guard. That's horrible. God, I'm so sorry. I'm all right. He's been sick for a few years now. I was expecting it. But now you're out there all alone. (sighs) I miss him, but, but I'll be fine. Walking over to my mother, I wrapped a comforting arm around her. Jace regarded us, looking distinctly uneasy. Uh, I'll, I'll leave you to it. He muttered. Just as he passed me, he leaned in once more, speaking again in that quick, hushed voice. Meet me outside. Had I heard that right? 
As he went for the door, he pointed out at the garden, silently raising a brow. I nodded. I stayed inside to comfort my mother for five more minutes before inconspicuously withdrawing myself and following Jace. Stepping outside, I spotted him clinging to the trunk of one of our trees like a big squirrel. I hastily jogged up to him, and he dropped to the ground. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I meant to approach your mother about this originally. She's always been like an aunt to me. But when I saw how emotional she got, I, I didn't want to burden her, any, burden her any further. So now I figured you could lend me a hand. I shamefully pushed back an obscene yet intrusive thought about lending him a hand. It's about my father. Don't fuss now, okay? <clears throat> the thing is, he didn't die of an illness. What do you mean? Something killed him, and I'm not the type for mourning. Uh, but all the more for payback. How do you mean to exact that payback? A ritual. Simple enough. I have everything I need, except virgin's blood. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint, but uh, I can't help you with that. He gave me a puzzled look before awkwardly clearing his throat. <clears throat> Common misconception, actually. Virgin blood simply means ha hasn't been used for an incantation or rite before. Oh, well, that I've got. And you'll let me use it? We'll have to meet up again at my place, though. Make sure you wear some sort of religious symbol. Oh, and I would have to cut you a little bit. I won't mind. <clears throat> I'd be very gentle, too. We parted on that note, and I ran for my room, shoving Cass off my bed and burying my face in my pillow to scream into it. Now, you'd think my demeanor rather childish for a 19-year-old, but... You have to understand just how this man excited me. Of course, I didn't know how to interpret the whole thing with his father. He didn't seem to be grieving, but perhaps he was simply in a bit of a volatile state. Maybe he was keeping his sadness to himself. I swore to myself that I wouldn't try anything. Jace came to pick me up around nightfall. Having snuck downstairs, I waited for him outside. He appeared without making a sound. How he did so was beyond me, seeing as our lawn was blanketed in dead leaves. So, are you ready? I nodded, holding up the cross on the necklace I was wearing to show him I hadn't forgotten. Off to the old gristmill we were. You know, I, I wasn't sure you'd actually show up. Why is that? I, I don't know. I feel like I kind of gave off a weird vibe earlier. I'm not usually around girls, you know. Except for the mermaids, maybe. They don't count. I didn't even know there was a mill in the woods. Why doesn't my father want me around you? Your mom says he's wary of devil worshippers. I stopped in my tracks. Of what now? The mill belongs to the devil. We just work for their we just work there for him. Ah, I'm sorry. I should have said something earlier. I just figured you wouldn't mind. Your mom doesn't, even though she wears that cross. I don't mind, per se. It's just surprising. I haven't met many Millers yet, have you? I followed him nevertheless. 
and I was rather astonished when the mill came into view. It was the first time I'd been to that particular part of the forest. I've already described the building itself in a previous post of mine, but the black structure looked even more intimidating at night. Despite there not being any water pushing it, the big wheel was turning laboriously. I knew then not to question it. Well, everything's ready. Sorry if it's dusty. We, we never clean. He led me up the stairs into what looked to be his and his father's living quarters. Everything was quite spartanic and untidy. A few lamps came flickering to light as I passed them to take a seat on the floor. It was only when the room was fully illuminated that I saw the chalk drawings beneath us. A big, upside-down pentagram right in the center of the room, surrounded by a ton of symbols I didn't recognize. I watched as Jace bent down to place a candle at each of the pentagram's tips, and finally one in the middle. I caught the box of matches he tossed me in the air, and went about lighting them. After rummaging around in the back of the room, Jace joined me on the floor, holding up a dagger. I swallowed hard. You're not gonna kill me with that thing, though, right? <laughs> Cross my heart. You trust me? Kinda feel like a shittin', but yeah. Jace treated me to a fine smile as he scooted closer to me. I'm just gonna take your hand there. And without further ado, he dragged the blade across my palm. It left a burning red line in its wake. I hissed, but altogether, it wasn't so bad. All right, quick. Squeeze it out in the middle. Over the candle. I crawled forward and obediently let the blood trickle into the dancing flame, pumping my fist. I pressed out as much as I could before pulling back and licking off the rest. I was about to turn to face Jace again when suddenly all the lights in the room went off. The five candles at the pentagram's tips flared up once and then died. The only flame remaining was the one in the middle, burning fiercer than ever in a deep crimson light. I let out a soft gasp, startling when I felt Jace's hand on my shoulder. It's working. He's coming now. Pressing the dagger into my hands, he added, Keep this on you for later. I was starting to wish he'd at least given me a briefing before all of this. The floor beneath us started to shake hard enough to send the furniture bouncing. Jace pulled me away from the pentagram, pointing at the door. Once he's in, once he's in here, stand, sneak over there and shut the door. Stab him when the time is right. The earthquake knocked over the candle, and the fire started spreading, quickly filling the entire pentagram, but not reaching any further than that. I couldn't feel any heat emanating from it. The flames kept on rising, and suddenly, somebody stepped out from them, as though climbing through a trap door. As soon as the person had emerged, the fire died down, leaving no trace. It was a guy in a weird-looking red tunic, comp complimenting what is that his wavy ginger hair and heated face he was immensely wrinkled not the kind of wrinkled you get when you age he looked more like someone had taken a skeleton and dressed it in a wide and ill-fitting suit of skin i physically recoiled at the sight so this was a demon it had to be 
I had never seen one of those before, and the encounter far exceeded my expectations. Merely looking at this creature masquerading as a human instilled in me a primal, deep-reaching kind of fear. The sort that really turns your guts inside out. Thankfully, the being didn't seem to notice me at all. James Hedman, why do you call me in such a way? Oh, you know what you've done. Your father went too far. He laid with my wife. Uh, I had some questions. Dude, I don't care. He was the only kin I had left. I called you here so you could make it up to me. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Jace gave me a sidelong glance and I began inching towards the door, my knees nearly buckling every step I took. So, you're not going to apologize? <laughs> you're killing me, boy. Not yet, I ain't. Jace answered, and it was at that moment that I slammed the door shut. The demon spun around. His twisted features began displaying something akin to anger. For a moment, I was a bit confused, but then I realized that there was another chalk drawing on the side of the door. It had been open when we arrived there, so I hadn't seen it at first. An upturned pentagram. The demon let out a high-pitched growl, but quickly caught himself. What are you doing, Jace? I just didn't want you to leave so early. So now you're locked in here with me. What for? Jace shrugged, raising both his hands as he began striding up to the hellspawn with a cheerful grin on his face. The demon tackled him before he could get any closer, pressing the squirming youth to the floor. You forget yourself, boy. Fiona, now! Jace called, and I charged at the struggling pair, not hesitating to jam that dagger into the creature's back. That ended the fight in an instant. The demon let out an ear-piercing cry as his body crumbled into dust. I was trembling all over. Jace's chest was heaving as he patted down his clothes, staying on his back for a little while to catch his breath. It actually worked. Wait, you weren't sure it would? It was a 50-50 kind of chance. Fucking hell, but we did it, Fiona. You were so good. Are you kidding me? That was terrifying. And you weren't even sure we'd make it? Uh, relax, I'm sorry. You were never in any danger, though. That cross around your neck, he couldn't see you. He, he was from the hell sphere of wrath. And you, you know what they say, fury blinds you. It's kind of a whole thing. I could tell you a lot more about the hell spheres, though, if, if you want, sometime. I'll think about it. You want me to walk you home? I'll find the way, thanks. You mad or something? Nope. No. Well, that was a straight-up lie, wasn't it? Look, I'm sorry. I should have told you beforehand. I'm just... I'm just gonna go now. Uh, are we good? Sure. Sure. Yeah. 
good. That that that's good. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to upset you. Oh yeah. Well, I am kind of angry. You really should make it up to me. You know. It was a relatively flat statement, but despite my lack of emphasis, he knew exactly what I was hinting at. His jaw dropped. For a moment, he looked like a fish. Inky eyes, big and incredulous. He opened and closed his mouth a few times in silence. And I grinned. Very, very widely. Okay, then. Bye bye Hey, I took your blood virginity. <laughs> that was my first encounter with Jace. Only the first. You wouldn't think that was all, right? He was definitely crazy, but it didn't take long for my caution of him and his black magic to be overruled by my attraction to him. I didn't want to be too obvious about it, nor too forward. I told Casimir about the whole thing, and he was only too happy to assist. Thus, when winter came and froze the Twin Lakes, we went to practice our figure skating right there by the Black Mill. I always pretended like I didn't see Jace watching from his window. You know, just for the fun of it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that was part seven and eight of Dear Cryptid Hunters from the creepypasta that we have been reading for you guys for it seems like forever. Yes, <laughs> but it's just going to get better. List, it's going to get longer. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. But we hope to break them up occasionally, and hopefully, next Friday we will be bringing you um, exorcisms. Yes. Yes. We're yes. going to be talking about exorcisms and some of the most famous, famous exorcisms uh, in mainstream media, like. Yes, Emily Rose is one of them. Um, what else? Uh, there was one in um, um, oh, the universe from help me, help me, the uh, demonologists. Uh, I, uh, brain. Uh, wait, brain. My brain. Wait, wait. <laughs> you can't put my brain's just like my brain just completely blanked. Huh? You talking about the Warrens? Yes, thank you. Okay, there we go. Awards. Thank you. <laughs> Holy crap balls. Thank you so much because I just I could see them in my brain pan, but I couldn't make my mouth say the word thanks. That so. was just Lorraine trying to make you so you couldn't figure it out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> look, look now, I don't need any more wordplay. All right. I got enough going on in my brain. <laughs> However, we do have wordplay right here with a wonderful dad joke. Mm. <laughs> Give us the dad joke. Why do bees have sticky hair? Why? Because they use a honeycomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay, look. All right. Touch the solo link. Touch the butt. <laughs> it will take you to all of our social medias, including our Discord, where we share everything that we find. And you can cuss mm -hmm. and discuss with like-minded people. If you if Discord isn't your thing, we've also got a twit. And we've got some Tic Tacs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. That's a thing. Uh, so help yourself. 
figured out, cuss and discuss, all that wonderfulness. Um, join us next Wednesday for PCPS, the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society, for yet another wonderful cryptid. And next Friday for Paranormal Umbrella, where we will be telling you all about exorcisms. And if you might need one. Sometimes I feel like I do. Anyway, thank you so much for being here tonight. An old priest. <laughs> Bring me my brown pants. <laughs> and the red shirt. Just, yeah. both, just to be safe. <laughs> just, just in case. But thank you so much for being here. And we hope to see you again next week. Cue the music. Bye-bye.